From realghoststoriesonline.com, this is Real Ghost Stories Online, the podcast. Group therapy for the paranormally affected. That's what we are all about here at Real Ghost Stories Online as we share your real ghost stories, either from your calls, which you can call in anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 855-853-4802. Or you can write into us on our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Lots of ways to communicate, and you can also uh, talk amongst yourselves, as my mother would say. Uh, on our website, we have a forum section up there, too, where you can interact uh, you know, immediately, pretty much, with your ideas, your comments, uh, your insight into the show. Uh, that's all up there at the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, please subscribe to the show. We thank you in advance for that. That helps us grow and helps you get the uh, show uh, pretty much immediately as we uh, as we release it, so just press that subscribe button. And there's something new that we uh, are introducing on today's episode. It's been introduced on the website now for about a day or so, and we've already had about uh, as of the broadcast of as of the taping of this broadcast. Uh, so far, about nine people have signed up about it just because they ran across it on the website. Um, it's uh, a new program we're calling EPPs, not EVPs. But a play on it. Yeah, EPPs. We want you to become an EPP. That's an extra podcast person. And what that means is we are making an extra podcast every single week. An extra full-blown show. Regular episode. We're not cutting anything out. We're not, like, reusing material. It's a full-blown extra episode that only our EPPs will get. Okay? And there's going to be more things, extras, if you will, that are only going to be accessible and only given to the EPPs. Now, this is not taking away from the normal daily show we're doing. That's all going on. We're not cutting that out. You get that for free, all you want. Uh, But we want to say thank you to the folks who are helping support the show by giving them a little bit something extra. And that's where the EPPs come in. Um, So if you want to become an EPP, That's where we ask for your donation into the show. And you can do that through the PayPal button on the website. It's up to you, whatever you want to donate. And I've only given you three options, five, 10 or $15, whatever you choose, whatever you donate, you get the same stuff. It's just up to you. uh, What level you feel comfortable donating at, Um, you know, everybody's in different situations. If you donate more wonderful, it certainly helps out our show. It's a very expensive show to produce and the bandwidth required to deliver the show to you. Um, there's just a lot involved. So if you can help support it, that will allow us to continue doing the show. So please become an EPP. It's a monthly donation of five to $15. Like I said, whatever you choose, it just reoccurring goes off of your PayPal account or debit card or credit card or account, whatever you, you want. It's really simple. You put it in once and then there you go. Completely secure all through PayPal. And you get a free episode every week. A free extra episode every single week, which equals to 52 extra episodes a year uh, for being an EPP. And we're also trying to essentially conjure up like like the use of the word conjuring. Don't say conjuring. We're conjuring up ideas for extra things to give our EPPs. And uh, some of those ideas that we're floating around that we're going to do, um, we have some interview things that we're going to be doing on on some locations where the regular 
episodes and that you get for free. We'll we'll be covering some of those things. We have a haunted airport that we need to visit. Yes. Um, and there's several other places where we'll deliver the regular show to you absolutely free. Like I said, that's not going away. So don't feel like we're cutting anything out and you have to pay for it now. We're just giving you more. Uh, and, and thanking you for helping support the show with the EPP program. Uh, what we're thinking of doing is some uh, some video programs, uh, some documentary-esque type things on some of these places that we, we go into, uh, possibly some documentary-esque type things on some of the folks that we talk to on a regular basis, um, and just, just some you know, some bonus stuff, some more in-depth things that uh, that you like, that we like, that we can give to you guys who are helping to financially support the show with that uh, donation of five bucks a month or 10 bucks or 15 bucks a month, whatever you want to do. But we um, won't be ghost hunting. We will just be yeah. going and getting the stories of what's yeah. going on. It's at the documentary. Yeah. yeah. Documentary esque type type things. I mean, there's enough ghost hunters out there. This is more of a documentation of, of these things. Were you afraid? Were you afraid I was going to say we're going to go ghost hunting? You would be uh, on your own with that one. I'm I've, not. We're not doing. We just, you know, it, like I said, it, it's kind of like that back for seconds almost program I did. Yeah, where it was you know investigating that haunted restaurant. Um, so there's 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 going to be a lot of, and there'll be more. There'll be more things for the EPPs um, as we uh, as we progress down the road here. So please become an EPP, uh, and we do of course thank you in advance for uh, for doing that because that uh, that really goes a long way to helping. Uh, our show grow uh, uh, stay on the air doing this um, and uh, cover some of those hard costs that we uh, have to deal with every single month just to to get the show to you because uh, we are doing the show for you literally about seven days a week uh, so it's uh it's it's a labor of love but we do appreciate the uh, the support from you guys quite a bit so check it out just click on the become an epp on the website at real ghost stories online.com okay that's enough of that. Let's uh, talk about some of the letters that we have uh, been sent into us about some of the past couple of things that uh, we've been uh, talking about here. Uh, one letter says, my sister said that in Mexico, there are a lot of graves that have evidence of people being buried alive by accident. We we're talking about this the other night. I think she said uh, fingernail prints on coffins and dirt. It has to do with them not getting embalmed. Uh, also, she said uh, her hubby's father woke up at his funeral. Everybody freaked, but he had some kind of weird heart defect thing. <laughs> I couldn't imagine that at all. Is uh, is the non-embalming thing, is that a common occurrence in Mexico? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm asking. You're asking the wrong person. I have no idea what the burial practices in Mexico are. I'm wondering, I mean, because, I mean, that's another... It's an added cost, you know, to a funeral. And I'm wondering, you know, if, if, you know, there's, it's one of those things that if the money's that not there, it just gets overlooked in some cases. And it's just like, well, yeah, bye bye. Let me <laughs> and they, ask you this. Come this, back to life. This may be a completely ignorant question, but in the U.S., if you're not cremated, but you're buried, do you have to be embalmed to be buried? No. You don't. I don't believe so. I, I believe the embalming process is strictly for uh, burial. Are you asking, do you have to be embalmed to be buried? Did I not hear yeah, you? Yeah. Well, I thought you were asking, if, do you have to be embalmed to be cremated? No, okay. that I knew that probably oh. wouldn't make sense, but I did not know if you had to be embalmed to be buried, uh, mainly as a practice to prevent... Uh, the casket exploding? Um, yeah, or the accidental burial of somebody that's still alive. <sighs> 
You know, I, I doubt it. I think that's one of those things where it's it's really up to you. Okay. I'm sure it's highly encouraged. Sure. Um, but but I mean, really, uh, that's an interesting thing. Here, this is a, it's a very morbid question, and I don't know the answer to it. That would be a good question for someone out there who maybe is in the field um, of yeah. that. Um, why? I mean, other than I mean, I understand embalming. We do that. I think to be for preserving the body because a lot of times funerals don't happen for several days after. So it's something that has to be done fairly quickly to preserve the body. Um, but let's say the funeral is going to be the next day or two days after. Do you still need to embalm? I have no idea. Or can you do closed casket? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't, I don't know the answer to. I know that the uh, a lot of times caskets... Um, when the body's not embalmed, and I believe sometimes even when the body is embalmed, um, because you still got skin and everything, mm-hmm. um, that there's a lot of times where caskets do blow up in okay. the ground because of all the gases that build up in there. Sure. And they're sealed so tightly that they pop. Okay. Um, so, and, and they discover this most often when it's one of those cases of, oh, we got to move the graveyard because somebody wants to put a Costco here. You know? Sure. Uh, so... I know that happens. Uh, what are the mausoleums, though? You know, where they're in the wall? My grandma's in a wall. I would imagine that they would have to be embalmed just so that they don't yeah. oh, do you, or, have or a do, problem there. Do they have it like a pressure cooker where there's like little tiny holes in the casket to alleviate the pressure so it doesn't build up. See, I have I have just so little knowledge. Every funeral I've ever been to, which I can thing. count on one hand, yeah. everybody was embalmed. Yeah, uh, I think most of them I've ever been to have been the open casket, you know, yeah. and you get to go and say hi, um, which is just kind of, I think it's, a, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I like it or not. I think I do on some aspects and some aspects I don't. I don't know what I, how I feel about that. <laughs> Yeah. It's one of those things where I think it's good, and at the same point, it's like, not so good, man. Yeah. I don't, I, I have very mixed feelings on it. Uh, Kenner writes in, I love your current merch, but Tony, you need to capitalize on the hilarious things you say. A few inside joke shirts, such as the Ouija Dare program, putting poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> People have been mentioning putting poltergeist on, uh, <laughs> On uh, YouTube, what was that a reference to? How did that, how did I say putting poltergeist? What was that about? You were going to like we were talking about the the old the old lady in the nursing home, and when she died, she was seen walking down the hall with her husband. And you said you would do that, but you'd like go and like oh, yeah. knock pudding out of the old people's hands. And I said you'd be the pudding poltergeist. <laughs> so yeah, it still makes me laugh. <laughs> it's the same joke. <laughs> would be crazy making sure with like a couple guys look out (laughs) (laughs) um uh, so uh so there you go uh and that'd be fun actually somebody did submit uh a a t-shirt picture i didn't show you this uh with our dare program on it let me pull it up it's up in our gallery section i put it up there earlier today uh, they threw it together and somebody created a design earlier that they sent me uh, as well, uh, which was the, um, the group therapy for the paranormally uh, affected here. Here's the, uh, the dare, uh, don't adopt real evil for dare. 
and it's got our logo on there. I like that. And for the A, it's it's the uh, the Ouija planchette. <laughs> See that? I like that a lot. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was uh, that's great. Uh, uh, Kenner uh, uh, Kenner Frontner Frontier. Or front frontner, I'm sorry, I'm butchering your last name because I can't pronounce last names to save my life. Uh, but uh, Kerner sent that in, so thank you. And that's up in our gallery section if you want to check that out. It's not on a shirt yet, or you can't buy it on a shirt, but um, it is up. We should do more of those. Those are kind of fun. That was you know, great. Putting poltergeist. Um, another letter I called with the story about the street lights, which by the way, I loved your reaction, Tony. This was when I said, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Where you're like, Oh, that's such a good story. Tony, what do you think? Ah, it's complete bull. No, I'm kidding. Um, which I really didn't feel that way. I just had, it was just the perfect timing for the reaction. Uh, uh, he also writes, so this is the same guy who did the picture or did our, our, uh, the design that he sent in. Uh, this is uh, Kenner. The dare t-shirt? Yeah, Kenner. Okay. Um, I've listened long enough to know you never really mean it. No worries. There's a large part of me that does find it could be by chance, but during a time like that, you'll latch onto anything comforting. Yeah, I totally get that. Uh, anyways, after uh, uh, after reading a few comments on YouTube, I looked up what another listener's mentioned as streetlight interference, SLI phenomenon. It actually has an abbreviation. I was shocked this is actually a thing. Not to mention, I wasn't expecting for you to also have an experience after that date. For my particular instance, the se- the skeptic side of me questions it, but after hearing you guys discussing and researching SLI, I can't let myself debunk it completely. It just seems to happen too frequently to me. I'm with you, uh, Kenner. That's exactly how I feel. I mean, it's... I Part of me wants to debunk it, but part of me is like, yeah, there's just, there's, there's just too much there. The term that goes along with people that experience that frequently they are called sliders that's what my mom says is that, is that that's, that's accurate okay that's not just your mom it's saying not that. my mom making this no, up no you saw this on a show on fox one day no your mom was act- actually spot on with it because okay. i researched it a little bit and the term slider comes from the sli and streetlight interference okay so that's where that get that's where it comes ah. from so yeah, no, it's a very real thing. People experience it all the time. They have trouble with all different kinds of electronics periodically. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be like what you said with you about, um, you know, when your emotions are running high or something that you mm-hmm. notice it more. And you're that- a teenager that just got done with a date. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to know what happened. <laughs> so, yeah. Kicked out of a parking lot. Oh, God, Tony. <laughs> Nothing yeah. happened. You were popping streetlights that Nothing. night. <laughs> <laughs> I will assure you that's all that popped that night. Okay. Uh, really, that really is it. it went, um. uh, TMI, and I'm your wife, yes. <laughs> uh, don't you love doing this show? I do. I love every minute of it. I really do. Uh, 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in. 855-853-4802. Let's go to a phone call. Hi. Hey, guys. Uh, love the show. My name's Josh. I'm uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, today uh, on an episode, you guys actually mentioned uh, where I work at the at the custom shop, uh, the Gibson uh, guitar shop here in Nashville. And I've been wanting to call in uh but it's funny because you guys have talked about slaughterhouses and being haunted or having kind of a weird weird vibe about them. The um, 
the custom shop has actually been moved into an old slaughterhouse. And I wasn't sure if I should say anything about Gibson or, you know, the shop being there. But uh, ever since I started working there, I've worked there about three years now. Ever since I started working there, uh, I always get these weird vibes when I walk into the place. And uh, it wasn't until a couple months after I started working there that I actually uh, heard from some of the other guys that I work with that it used to be a slaughterhouse. And um, the first couple months, and it still happens now, but I would I would feel like people or someone was was behind me uh, while I worked at my bench, um, which there are always constantly people walking behind me or walking, you know, moving through the the place, getting getting stuff built and worked on. Uh, but I always felt like I was being pushed up against uh, or brushed, and I mean it happens maybe a couple times a week, but. I've talked to a couple of guys who definitely believe in the paranormal, and uh, we all agree, which I don't know if it will happen or not, uh, but we all agree the place needs to be saged or something because uh, there's definitely some uh, some bad stuff. I feel like bad vibes in the place. Um, and one of our uh, lead guys has, has even said ever since we got in the building that uh, weird things seem to go wrong with the same machines that we've had uh, from the old building that we used to be in. Uh, things happen in the guitars that are kind of out of out of the norm, um, and he kind of blames it on on the building itself. Um, so I just want to call and say that um, I do have a story um, also about paranormal uh, happenings when I was uh, when I was a teenager. I um, I lived in the house that my father had built, so I knew that there, there we were the only owners of the house. Um, and from my knowledge, there's nothing weird about the land we were on or anything like that. But um, I, I bought a, a box of video games, and um, it had a bunch of new ones in it for PS2. It was back when I was, like I said, a teenager. And uh, I played some of the games and went through them, and I found one game uh, that was really, it seemed really evil. Um, I only played it once, and I didn't, I didn't, like it. It was about vampires and, and killing people, and I wasn't really into it. It was kind of too bloody and gory for me being a teenager. I, I wasn't into it, but um, I started after I bought the video game uh, into the house uh, and played it that first night. I just left it in the tray, um, and for the next couple of days, I had weird dreams about uh, vampires and stuff, which I chalked it up to playing the game and kind of being freaked out about it. But after I quit having my dreams, it seemed like I felt like someone was in the room staring at me while I slept, and I would turn over. I usually sleep with my back against the wall, um, or the back to the room, sorry. Um, I sleep with my back uh, towards towards the room, uh, facing the wall, and it seemed like someone was standing over me watching me while I slept. Um, and it bothered me, and it bothered me, and it went for about maybe a week or so. And at the time, my aunt and uncle were living with, uh, was living with uh, my family, and my aunt is very religious. Uh, she does Christian music, and she's been part of many churches growing up. Um, and I asked her, I said, would you mind sleeping in my bed and 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 seeing if, if you have the same feelings? Because she can pick up on things a lot better than I ever did growing up. And uh, she, she agreed, and uh, she slept in the room, and the next day uh, she woke up, and, and she asked me, she said, uh, what's a blood omen? And um, she said in her dream, she kept having the revelation of, of the words blood omen brought to her in, a, um, in the dream. Uh, and as soon as she said that, I realized 
that the video game that I had been playing was called Blood Omen Legacy of Cain, and it was a really freaky video game. Um, and as soon as I found out that that's what may be calling, causing the uh, weird dreams and the uh, feeling of someone standing over me while I slept, I, uh, I, I burned the game. We had a big burden pile, actually, in our yard for my dad clearing the brush uh, from the house, um, around the house, and uh, without saying anything to anyone, I threw it in there, and it was later burned that weekend or week or whatever. But uh, I hadn't had anything weird happen to me uh, in that house other than that. And then recently, it seems like uh, here in Nashville, I'm living uh, in a house that was built in the 50s. Um, and I, I I don't know anything about the previous owners. Um, I know I know the house was built in the 50s. Um, but ever since I started listening to the show, um, maybe I'm just looking for stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Um, my girlfriend and I were laying in my bed, and my closet door, which is... There's carpet in my room, and I have wires going into the closet uh, around the room to the outlet and the, the wall where my TV is and everything. So there's wires underneath the door, so it's not very easy to open. Um, I had it totally closed because I just hung some clothes up when we laid down to watch uh, Netflix. And we were laying there, and I forget what we were watching, but we both looked, and the door had opened. The closet door had opened maybe four or five inches. And it seems like ever since then, and like, like I said, it could be me now, uh, it feels like something's on a closet watching me, but I don't know what it is. I get that same feeling I got from the video game. I don't have any bad video games that I know of in my room anymore, um, but we both noticed that, I mean, it, it didn't just creak open. It, it literally swung open five inches and stopped. Uh, so that really creeped me out. We also have uh, a great Dane, uh, who's my roommate, um, and she'll, she'll look into... Uh, from the living room into our dining room and she'll stare into the dining room and I always get freaked out when I'm alone here at the house because um, I always feel like there's someone around the corner and I don't know what it is and like I said, I don't know any information about the house. I'm kind of thinking about checking it out but then again, uh, I don't know if I want to. So uh, those are just a couple instances of things that have happened to me. Um, like I said, uh, I love the show. Um, you guys do an amazing job. I love hearing all the cool stories. I've never messed with a Ouija board, and I definitely do not plan to, especially after hearing some of the stories. Um, but uh, I also thought of a cool uh, mascot for uh, Ouija Awareness Month. It could be <laughs> Luigi the Ouija Pug, or Luigi the Ouija Awareness Pug. Uh, that was just something funny I thought about. But anyway, I thought I'd share uh, the show. Uh, I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, thanks for uh, having a place where we can call with our uh, with our happenings. Uh, take care. Thanks. Thank you for uh, calling in and uh, sharing your your ghost story. And I think the the term Luigi is probably uh, copywritten by Nintendo. That's my guess. But uh, it is quite uh, quite creative. I like that. I like that. The thing is with with his story. I can hear my mother listening to this right now and going, "I see. I warned you. I, I this is why I, I warned you. See, this happens to people." See, I don't. And I always wondered it too. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, I wondered about that too. Those sort of things happening. Go ahead. I was going to say I don't think it's necessarily because of the show. It's maybe because people are thinking about it mm, more. Not the show, the video game. Oh, see, I thought you meant. See, he kind of alluded since he's been listening to the show, mm -hmm. he's noticed things in his house. 
I thought sure. that's what you were talking about because your mom also thought that maybe stuff would start happening to us because of the sure. show. No, um, I'm going way, way back to like high school. Okay. And, and video games with those sort of symbolism because I remember things like games like that that had that stuff in it and I remember like playing them. I mean, I really didn't get into any of those there because there are some pretty dark ones like that where it's it, it's just filled with symbolism and, you know, just evil. Yeah, it's really dark things. Um, and I never got any because I, I remember like playing some demos just as they came in and I I felt uncomfortable. I just thought it was weird. I don't know why. I mean, it wasn't that I didn't like like the game. It was just I just got a weird vibe from them. Um, so I never really got into those ones. Um, and I remember my mom saying, you know, you know, why does it, those have those that symbols and stuff in there? And I'm like, it's just it's in the game. I don't know. You know, it's, I'm just seeing what it is. Um, and, you know, it kind of it caught her attention back then. It caught my attention back then. Um, and I kind of agree with that to a certain extent. So, I mean, I'm not saying my mom's wrong. I'm saying I kind of do actually agree with her on, you know, I think you, you start rapidly or, or oftentimes using those symbols in your daily life, whether it's in a video game or whatever. Um, I think it can conjure things up. Okay. I mean, that's just my opinion. So I, uh, I mean, it's weird that he never really got into that game, though. It just a couple times, and it something happened. I, although it you know, probably doesn't take a whole hell of a lot, um, but um, I, anyway, I could see my mom hearing that story, going, "I'm so glad you listened to me." <laughs> <laughs> Which, after hearing that story, mom, so am I. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. That's uh, that's interesting. Um, but I mean, what do you think about the fact that he had some stuff happen? You know, years later, do you think it could still be connected back to? that or is it just our voices that are bringing the dead out in his house no i i don't think uh, i I think you'd be hyper aware yeah i think you become more observant maybe almost to a fault when you listen to these things day in and day out and i'm not saying don't by any means i'm just saying (laughs) that i think it's kind of like when you watch a scary movie and you get freaked out it's kind of like that i agree um because I seem to think that I notice things more now, whether sure. or not they're anything. I just am more observant. Sure. And it's probably all it is, is just being right. more observant and you're you're picking out the little, you know, things here and there. But I know you guys had mentioned possibly um, burning sage at the guitar plant. Why not try that out at your house first? Yeah, that's an interesting idea. Because I would hate to say, go sage the guitar plant and something happened and all these guitars catch on fire. That's where my mind goes. <laughs> well, it uh, all uh, it goes back to a ghost show these guys yeah. were listening to. We're the watching it on the news. Blamed. Gibson guitar burns to the ground <laughs> after man sages it to remove demons. <laughs> but try that, it at your house first yeah. and see if you notice a difference. And if you do, then, you know, maybe talk to your boss or something. And, and if he's still in agreeance, agreement that, you know, things have been different since you've moved into that building, maybe look at doing that. Get a jar of uh, demon away. Demon you know? away. There's no <laughs> such thing. Demon away. And if you call right now, you get an extra bottle absolutely free. Uh, Joe Barnes writes in, I'm not sure how I feel about the folks dying, seeing dead relatives and friends. Our minds are so complex. Reality is defined by our brain. So I'm wondering if the brain can manifest memories into perceived reality by those that are living uh, their last hours. What processes are happening in our minds? 
It could be, I could be completely wrong, but I always think about that. From a scientific standpoint, I get it. You know, it makes sense. You know, you're, and, and it, it is scientifically proven that a lot of times when your mind is essentially shutting down, your body's dying, your mind's shutting down, it is firing kind of crazily. So that scientifically people look at that going, okay, so that would explain why sometimes these memories of people that you haven't thought about in a long time are coming up and it's becoming very vivid because it's the wiring's going bad essentially. But the other side of that coin is when you have the people who are seeing the dead people, uh, they're getting messages from the dead people that uh, maybe could actually be verified by someone else who's living um, that the person who's getting the message had never heard of before. And that's happened many a times. And that's where it gets really interesting. It's like, well, then how did this person get this? That's not their mind just firing this off. I I can see the scientific side of it that, you know, it's almost with your brain shutting down a, you know, like a hallucination effect. Yeah. But it kind of, to me, is a lot like the sleep paralysis yeah. where everybody's seeing the same thing. I just don't buy that every, not, I know this doesn't happen to everybody, but you know, we've talked to people that work in hospice and they say about half, yeah. you know, go through that. And well, I, 80%, I think was the, the number that was given to us. Wasn't it? I knew it was up there. Yeah. I, I think, you know, conservatively we could say half, sure. but for that many people to have that type of experience mm-hmm. that vividly, I just, I don't buy that everybody's brain is shutting down the same way yeah. or they're having that same type of thing. Sure. I mean, I think scientifically there are some where that's sure. what it is. Um, but I think in other times it's, it's the other side that's coming through. And I mean, from an observer standpoint, unless you got these people hooked up to machines or something, there's it would be very difficult unless there's other things manifesting themselves to the average observer as to what's what. Yeah. You know, in that state. So I think almost all of it then just gets written off as, well, their bodies are shutting down. Well, but we had somebody in our family that mm-hmm. had that type of experience. Yeah. And he was with it to the very end, mentally. I mean, he did not lose any of his mental function. He just started seeing family members that had been gone for a while. Sure. So, you know, I I just, I don't know. I think there's more to it than just just solely the hallucination. I agree. I, I agree. 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802, the phone number to call in with your real ghost stories, and we would love to hear them. Hi. Hi, Tony and Jimmy. It is Carrie again. Uh, this is my third time, I believe, contacting you guys, and I wanted to tell you about the hotel I actually worked in. It really brought to mind when you were talking about other haunted hotels. And I worked in a hotel. I actually was an assistant manager there. And um, so basically I worked all shifts because if someone called in, I had to cover their shift. That's just the way it was. I didn't like it, especially when I got stuck working the midnight shift. But that hotel creeps me out. Um, It had been recently remodeled. It was a nice hotel. It was a small hotel, but all of the rooms were suites. And... um, 
When I first started working there, the girl that was training me told me about the balcony walker. That's what they called him. And I say him because to me, it felt like a very male spirit. Um, you know, I mentioned before that I'm very sensitive to things like this. And so um, he felt male to me. And sometimes out of the corner of your eye, you would look up and the balcony that connected the second floor um, overlooked the lobby. And you would see like this white mist move past. You could see it on the cameras. It wasn't just something like that you thought you were seeing. It was definitely there. So I kind of thought she was crazy at first until I saw it myself the first time. And then I thought, wow, this is this place is going to be intense. I just know it. And it did not let me down. There were many, many times that um, we had complaints about one room in one room specifically, um, where one night I was working the midnight shift and we used to have the Army Corps of Engineer come and stay at the hotel when they would be working um, at different places. And one of the the guys come down wrapped up in the blanket off of the bed, hair all messed up, and he was like, you have to move me to a different room. And I instantly thought something had happened in the room, like maybe you know, something bad had happened, um, you know, with the room itself. And he told me that something was continually waking him up. Something was standing over his bed. And I mean, this is a grown man from the Army Corps of Engineers telling me this and refusing to stay in the room and flat out told me, if you do not have another room available, I'm going to sleep on the lobby couch. So he was extremely serious. He was terrified. And, um... There was one room that I had time to check. Um, I was going behind the maids and making sure that everything had been done to my satisfaction. And I walked in this room and I got this overwhelming feeling and it just felt like the entire room started shaking. And I got so dizzy that I almost passed out in this room. And I went downstairs and I was not feeling right. And I told them what happened. And I don't know if it was the exact room, but before I had begun working there, there was a woman who had um, tricked a guy into a hotel room. And when he came in, her and her boyfriend were waiting on him and they tied him up and beat him nearly to death and robbed him. And this, granted, this is a nice hotel, but even bad things happen in nice hotels too and so it was in that area I don't know if it was that exact room or not but that feeling that I have it was never a feeling that I want to relive again um you know and with my job like I said I work different shifts so I was constantly seeing people and greeting them and I didn't really think much about it and our um bathroom for the staff to use was behind the front desk in the laundry room area. Well, I was working a day shift. This was the middle of the day, and I had went to the bathroom, and when I come out, I just wasn't thinking about where I was. And there was a tall, very tall, very skinny, African-American male standing in the laundry room, an older man wearing like a pea green colored suit. And I just looked at him and I said, hi, how you doing? And turned around and walked away not 
thinking about the fact that this man is not supposed to be behind the front desk, not supposed to be in the laundry area, and it just, then it hit me. And so I wheeled around to tell him that, you know, he couldn't be back there and he was gone. Later on, I found out that um, that area, which is right off the Ohio River, used to be part of the Underground Railroad. So was it that? I don't know. I can't prove it. But he was just as real as you or me. He was completely solid. There was no question that he was standing there. Um, I am sure there are more things that have happened in that hotel, but those are the ones that really stick out in my mind the most. Um, I also had a question. I have, I, you know, I uh, was brought up in a Pentecostal church, and I have several stories that relate um, to more religious odd occurrences happening than maybe necessarily ghosts, maybe even demon activity, and I was wondering if you guys would be interested in hearing that, or if this is not the right platform for that. So if you want to hear, I will definitely call back and let you know some stuff that way. Um, It was really great talking to you guys again. I absolutely love the show, and Tony, I hate to say this, but it was really lacking when Jenny wasn't there. (laughs) But keep them up, because I'd rather have you than none of them. (laughs) So, thank you for reading my story, or playing my story, I should say, and uh, let me know about those other stories, and if you want to hear them, I will definitely call back and let you know. Thank you. Bye. There you go. You can can respond. Well, thank you so much. I hate to say we'll probably have a few more shows during the semester while I'm taking class Wednesday night. You'll have to deal with it. I'm sorry. I will try and hurry home so I can at least do part of the show, but, you know, <laughs> I uh, I have to go and take my abnormal psychology class so I can help our group therapy grow. Yeah, so, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say about uh, She totally threw me with that comment. <laughs> <laughs> Um, very interesting story. Uh, so I do appreciate the call. And of course, uh, yeah, your stories of you know, dark, demonic type things, uh, you're more than welcome to share them here on the show because, I mean, we have a, those type of stories all the time uh, here at Real Ghost Stories Online. And uh, yeah, if it's if it's related to ghosts, paranormal, um, that's what we talk about. You know, we don't go into the world of aliens or anything like that. But uh, if it's if it's ghost related uh, and unexplained and, and uh, those realms, yeah. Uh, give us a call and, and let us know. Uh, 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in with your real ghost story. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. And it's also kind of like the fast pass to get on the air. Um, you, of course, can write in. We you know we greatly appreciate when you write in. Uh, but uh, it was a little bit more of a lag time, if you will, between the letter uh, getting to us and getting on the air. The phone calls, yeah, it's a couple days, usually. Uh, so... Uh, if you want something, uh, an immediate response, that's as, as quick as you can get is by calling in at uh, 855-853-4802. Let's go another call. Hi, Tony and Jen. This is Lakeitha from, uh, actually, Keitha. You know me by that, from Fresno, California. I was actually calling to uh, tell you one of my sweet stories, being within ghosts. Um, it has to do with animals. Um, we are a big animal family. Lots of animals, by the way. Um, I just had this story about um, a cat that I had. I have actually two of them. I did a cat rescue for a while. And one of my cats um, is a female, and I got her from a rescue where I worked. And she was about $25. She was a Persian. She was beautiful. 
And I brought her home. I was super excited because I always wanted one, but they were very expensive, so wasn't able to actually get one. So when I got her, so happy. So I had a stray that I also um, took in, and his name is Lotto. Well, she was much older than him. I really wasn't sure of how old she was. She really didn't have a whole lot of teeth. I just knew she was aged. But she was a boss, a beast. She didn't take any crap from any dog, cat, person, being, uh, you know, being a baby or an adult, anything. She didn't care. She was pretty much her own little person. Well, after time went on, and I had her for about five years before she got really sick and she ended up passing away, well, the only companion that she had as a cat was Lotto, and they played a lot. Well, I'd say he played with her more than her playing with her. He could care less. But as they played, he would jump on her, he would do stuff to her, and it would really piss her off because after a certain point, she went blind as well, so she couldn't see she couldn't see the attacks coming. She couldn't see the person or, or animal that was touching her or doing anything, and Lotto was notorious for jumping all over her. He, he would jump on her all the time. So um, the night she passed away, I found it extremely hilarious. It was... Um, maybe close to 12 hours afterwards. Uh, everyone in my house went to bed. We were all sad and what have you. We even gave her a funeral. I got pictures of that. I'll send that too if you'd like. Um, but we were very quiet and um, all of a sudden I hear Lotto, he's running around in circles and I can't figure out what's going on with him. And then it dawned on me. Well, I think that she's kicking his butt and her you know, she's passed on, but she came back to kick his butt. And I thought that was hilarious. Now, I know this is not typically what you consider paranormal, but it's animal normal, animal paranormal, to where she leaped on him, and he's been doing this ever since she's passed away, every other night sometimes, and sometimes we'll go a couple weeks without anything happening. But once it happens, she leaps all over him. It has to be her. And he runs around in circles in the dark, and you can hear him meowing and freaking out like something's chasing him, but we know who it is. She's paying him back for everything he did to her while she was blind and <laughs> a little decrepit and old. I just thought that was a funny story to share with you on a lighter note, but at the same time, it wasn't really anything horribly bad. But it's still considered in a way paranormal, but it has to do with animals. Um, well, that's my story for the animal show, uh, situation with them. Um, I will call in with the other things that I have to say. I just thought that was funny because I had been listening to your other shows where we talked about animals and you guys elaborated a lot on animal spirits and I still feel like she's here. She was grateful for being rescued but at the same time she was uh, not one to be messed with and she's getting the other cat back for everything he's done to her while she was alive. So, Alrighty, keep the show going. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye. I'm kind of confused. Why? Leaked on him? No, leaped. Leaped? Yeah, like... I thought she was saying like... frog. Okay, I get you. No. I was thinking, so we have like residue being produced from a ghost pet onto the other... Okay. I was going to say, that's pretty amazing, actually. the cat would come back and and pounce on it and scare the... I get you. Scare Lotto. So it's, uh, they're tormenting each other in death. One of them is tormenting the other one in death. I think that's cute. That is very cute. Thank you for the call. 855-853-4802. I'm kind of stupid. I thought thought you were saying leaked. No. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's... 
one hell of a ghost I'm going to come back and I'm going to pee on you. That's kind of like what I was talking about the other day with the uh, ghost cat litter boxes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, you went there. What if the uh, cat's in here? Uh, 855-853-48. Ghost cat leaking. Um, another uh, uh, letter here. Hi, Tony and Jen. So I was listening to your episode, Too Dark for Demonologists, uh, and your discussion about the Ouija board. I heard the story last week uh, online of the new pink Ouija board and thought I would share it. The only reason I'm sharing this is because you have to read the reviews. They're hilarious on uh, Amazon. Uh, I included some below. Uh, uh, but you have to read them all. We'll read some of them. Uh, oh, God. Here's the... Uh... <laughs> Look at this thing. It's a pink Ouija board. It's... Uh... It looks like it's going to have, like, Barbie on it or it's something. It's directly marketed to slumber parties. Yes, it is. That's that's why it's pink. That's nice. <laughs> that's really completely... It's completely fucked up. Um, okay, I'm, I'm, I'll read some of the reviews that he sent him, but I'm just going to read the latest one here on, uh, on Amazon. I bought the pink Ouija board for my daughter, thinking that the color pink would only attract friendly spirits to her slumber party. Well, the results were mixed. The first spirit really liked pink and was friendly, but apparently was a poltergeist because it started uh, redecorating the den. (laughs) (laughs) Lilith Greenwald, the name my 13-year-old insists being called now, did some kind of ritual and banished the spirit. She and her friends... Uh, set to work again. They're so cute with their chants and the language they made up and their <laughs> little black robes and hats. The next spirit they summoned was the pink we with the pink Ouija board was less benign. Several of the girls started projectile vomiting, speaking in tongues and bleeding from the eyes. Luckily, I had taken my headphones off, listening to my old Norwegian black metal records again. I heard the commotion. I immediately donned my three Wolf Moon poster t-shirt and ran into the basement. The sheer force of the shirt sent the spirit back where it came from. Cured the girls, turned the TV to the 700 Club, and closed the evil pink portal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. That's great. That's that's classic. Um, Some of these other ones. My toddlers love it. Uh, this is a great toy. My children couldn't wait to get it out of the box and start communicating with the dead. <laughs> uh, I bought this for my 10-year-old niece. It pr- uh, provided her and her friends with hours of fun until she became possessed by the spirit of a former drag queen. She now insists on going by the name Ginny Tonic and critiquing my choice of shoes. She also spontaneously burst into show tunes mid-conversation, which I find a bit irritating. But other than those few nuances, I find this toy and the results rather enjoyable. So there you go. That's great. Get yourself the pink Ouija board, because what could possibly go wrong? After all, they probably sell it at Spencer's. Yeah. So, oh, wow. Uh, and on that note, let's get another caller. Uh, 855-853-4802 is, again, the phone number to call in with your real ghost stories. Hello, you're on Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi, Tony and Jen. This is Patty from Omaha. Um, I have a couple stories that I uh, wanted to share with you guys. So, actually, this one happened uh, about an hour ago. I was walking to my car because I'm on my way to work. Work about 45 minutes away from my house, so I usually leave a little early. But uh, taking my dog out before that, um, 
actually before I was walking out to my car, and I saw this uh, gray cat. And I've never seen it before, but, you know, there's a couple empty lots behind my apartment, so it's not, uh, you know, extraordinary to have a feral cat or a stray cat. But this one, I, it's just like, it would move. And, I mean, my dog got really close to it, and I thought it was just a normal cat, so I just didn't really think anything of it. I just kind of, you know, kept my dog there away from it just in case like it did anything like it was crazy or something and it, it, I mean it didn't move at all so I was like okay whatever maybe it's just scared you know it's a cat so I went back inside and, like 10 minutes later this is when I was walking out to my car um to go to work and I see the cat again but the weird thing is is that it was in a different position it was probably more about five feet from the right of my car and the way I parked in the parking lot, I was parked at the far end of the parking lot to where I can just back up and go instead of, you know, maneuvering around other cars. So I backed up and I looked at my rearview mirror to make sure I don't hit it. And all of a sudden I see it on the right side of my car, the same side, it just diminished. And I mean, it just faded like a pixelation. I mean, it was so weird. I've never seen something like that. And, you know, thank God it wasn't a black one because I am superstitious, but it was gray with like green eyes. It was really pretty. Um, if I if I didn't know that it was something like that, you know, or if it was like a stray cat, if it was my neighbor's cat, I probably would have pet it. But, you know, with all those conditions out there, like fleas and stuff, I didn't touch it. But um, my second story, I was at work actually one day and sometimes I get there early, like about 30 minutes early, just because of the drive, it's so unpredictable. So I usually sleep in my car. I usually just, you know, hang out, listen to music, sleep, whatever. So one morning I was waking up and um, I was waking up by my alarm. And I don't know if it was maybe because I was just like so groggy, half awake. But I look in my rear mirror and in my car and I see this like, uh, like cloudy shadow. And I don't know really how to describe it as more of like a, it was kind of like a woman's presence because it was small it was small enough to be a woman but it, it was so far away that I couldn't really depict it but the weird thing is is that I saw it sitting by a car and I thought it was someone you know like trying to get in their car I mean it was like 6 30 so the sun was coming up it wasn't dark but I saw this shadow and I was just like what is going on like why is it there so then I see the shadow move around the car like it was going to go into the back. It was kind of like a crossover vehicle, so it looked like it was going to the hatch of the car to open it or something. And I was just sitting there like, what do I do? I didn't want to move in case it saw me because it was about two was behind me in the parking lot. So I was like, I didn't want to draw any attention to myself. So this thing was just standing there. I didn't want it to come up to me, you know? So I was just standing or sitting there, and um, I didn't see it move after I went to the hatch. But then I looked up again after that in the rear of the mirror and it wasn't there. I, I mean, I looked around before I got out of the car, but it was just really weird. Um, and then my third story, I'm sorry this is so long. I know I'm tired, but uh, it's been a while since I called in. So my third story, I was not by myself at my parents' house, okay? Um, this time I was not. <laughs> um so I was sitting on the couch with my mom and she was playing with my hair. It's like one of those things you do. It's weird, I know. But um, all of a sudden, it was just her and I, um, and all of a sudden we hear this, help me, help me, help me. And we thought it was the TV because we were watching TV. Um, and we look around and we're both like, did you hear that? 
And it was kind of like a trivial, help me, help me, like someone was just playing, you know, wanted to reach out like, hey, help me, like just joking me. And we're like, that's weird. And there's no kids in my parents' neighborhood. It's more of an older neighborhood that was built in like the 50s. So, well, my parents' house, like the, the neighborhood was built in the 50s, but the development was built in the 60s and my parents' house was built. So like there's older houses than theirs. So all of like, there's no little kids, I mean, no one has moved out in this neighborhood. I mean, there's probably only two people who have moved out because they died. I mean, really. So there was no little kids around. The windows weren't open. The TV was loud enough to where we couldn't hear anything outside. Um, it kind of sounded like it came up from upstairs in my parents' bedroom. And, you know, so we were just like, okay. And it wasn't late at night. I mean, it was only like 6 o'clock at night. And my dad was out of town. My brother was at work. Um, my fiance was at work, so it was just her and I in the house. But we heard that and we thought it was weird. I don't know if it was our imagination, but we both heard it. So I just thought I'd share that too, just a couple weird things. So uh, thanks, Tony and Jen. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for the call and uh, and the stories. Our phone number is 855-853-4802. If you have a real ghost story that you would like to share with us, we would love to hear it. And calling in is kind of our fast pass for getting your stories on the air. If you want some feedback, uh, that's the way to do it is calling in. Of course, you can also write in a little bit longer uh, time to uh, get it on the air. But we will eventually get to We do read all of the letters and all the ghost stories that come into us. Uh, pretty much as we get them on the air. Your your letter will be read in the order it was received, and we do not read them in advance. We just go through, uh, just like our phone calls. We, uh, we just make sure they're there, and we have no idea what is in them or what they're talking about until we're actually recording the show live. So uh, that's how that all works. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call. We have a lot of calls today. Let's try and get to another call before we uh, wrap up today's show. Hi, you're uh, on Real Ghost Stories Online. Hello, Jenny and Tony. This is Cisco, and I'm just uh, overwhelmed with some of the things I'm hearing out there. Um, people just uh, very knowledgeable and uh, aware and um, trying to learn and putting it out there and other people reaching out and helping. So, that's a lot of good energy being put out there, and that's just a great thing. It's always a wonderful thing when people reach out to help another, especially when they reach out to help a stranger. Now, how cool is that? Very, very awesome. Um, just my heart, you know, just my heart. Um, the young gentleman called in about the lights. Now, a lot of people might have took a lot of things from that, and I understand that, you know, there's a lot of other uh, things that are explain explainable and it's really good to debunk things and there's nothing wrong with debunking because I'm telling you I wish more people would go into these homes where these people are scared to death because they've watched way too many shows and they have scratching in their attic and they have uh, banging in their walls and you know somebody can come in there and say you know this this and this is happening and then you know a, a group of uh, multiple uh people who know what they're doing uh, uh, like Joe hey you know fantastic I agree with everything he said he sounds very sincere um, and I'd absolutely get him on so maybe we can explain some of the uh, the other side of this um, but uh, as far as uh, the um, light and the love and uh, the side of it um, how cool is that? That, that that the voice of that gentleman sounded so young and to be able to sit there in that situation 
and be so receptive as to see something like that and take that as a sign. And I think that's one thing that happens with us. We have that intuition and we have our first thought that, you know what, maybe that, you know, that cardinal that just landed on the window, maybe that was. Maybe it was just a cardinal landing on a window. Maybe it was just this or that. But, you know, good job. You know, hang in there and keep those good thoughts running because, you know, I have learned and something I've learned over many years is that, I, you know, the more I know, the more I find out I don't know. And um, the more I learn and uh, from multiple different sources, if there's a common thread of truth, I tend to believe that if uh, you get it from a lot of different sources. And um, that's one thing that I've heard an awful lot about, you know, sometimes they'll... Um, you know, try to turn a picture or something like that and, or, or um, you know, you'll feel that thought or that song will come on the radio that doesn't normally play and you will think it might be that. And you know what? That first thought, it's usually it. And we're also starting to learn that everything that throws a glass across the kitchen isn't something horrible. It just might be that, um, that that's what that person can do, you know, and um, it doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. It might just be the energy that they have that they've learned to do and they're trying to get attention for whatever reason. You know, there's multiple layers to this, you know. Um, and again, I don't know anything. I just know what I've seen, you know, after 48 years. <laughs> I don't know a whole lot, but the things that I do know is not everything is something bad. And I know that... Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that is, you know, so you need professionals. And again, I agree with, with that, about Joe. If you're going to get people in there, get people in there that, that really have a good track record and really have some good things that, that can be said, you know, and, you know, other people can be very helpful. But, you know, it's just like anything else. Like I said, you wouldn't take your car to just any place or you wouldn't take your child to any daycare, you know. Now, real quick, I'll tell you this story. Now, well, I want to say it like a Want to hear a story? I love that. I just love that. I definitely am getting that hoodie. But uh, when I was little, uh, it was in summer of 68, and my grandparents had a house, beautiful little house, uh, surrounded by woods. And I used to love to go down the cellar. How weird is that? But the cellar was nice and cool, and there was cool stuff down there. My grandpa, who had passed, he had a tool um, a tool. They call it bench, the old-fashioned tools and the old, um, it looked like a meat grinder, but it was really a drill and, you know, it was connected onto the, the um, wood thing. It was just all the different, you know, smells of um, things that he had built down there. You could still smell it in the air. And off in one uh, corner, there was a root cellar, and they'd keep potatoes and um, apples and just little baskets of things like that, nothing major. And a few things that were canned off on one side, and it would be all those smells of, and uh, my family, um, they, they would uh, um, also make like this uh, uh, peach brandy. Um, I can't remember that. It's my dad or my or um, my granddad, but either way, and there was a little sewing room. It had a curtain, and in this little room was where my grandmother and my great grandmother used to sew. And it had an old singer sewing machine where you could push the little pedals, the pedal at the bottom, make the needle go up and down. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they were really cool. And uh, I used to go down there and talk to my grandmother, and and um, she would sit. She had beautiful, long, um, gray and white hair down past her waist, and she was Native American, and she was uh, uh, full-blooded. She had beautiful high cheekbones, and she had this 
just gorgeous face that and uh natives we call that uh we love wrinkles because it shows your journey on your face you know and uh i, I remember an elder lady uh, an elder uh woman told me one time she says we would never think about having any kind of faith if we love our journey our face is the map of the journey that we've taken why would we ever want to take all the smiles that we've ever smiled or the, every uh, frown we've ever frowned or or every laugh you know that kind of thing so it was a beautiful thing and and she was kind of telling me the same thing you know this is this is you know how i lived and this is me and she would tell me little things like that and and as I brush her hair, she would tell me um, little uh, phrases in uh, our native uh, language. And uh, she would say, never forget, never forget who you are. Never, never forget um, the things that I'm telling you, you know. And I didn't. And I would go back upstairs and I'd, ha I'd be called upstairs and I'd go eat lunch or whatever. And that's, I just remembered little uh, pieces like that. Well, as I told you in another story, our family was you know, very scattered and very separate and common knowledge that might be known in other families just wasn't prevalent in mine, you know. And uh, I remember, you know, and everything and dates and, you know, everybody was separated all over the place. So when we had gotten back for one of those family reunions, probably 20 years later, I was saying, well, you know, Grandma used to tell me this and I would say the language, said, where did you learn that? You know, she never told me that. And over the course of, of the dinner, um, again, <laughs> I'm real popular at my family reunions, but, uh, over the course of the dinner, my older sister looked at me and said, you know what, you were how old? And I said, well, I was six, it was 19, what, 68? She said, that's impossible. Grandma died in 64 and she had broken her hip two years before that. So you never were in the cellar with your great-grandmother. Really? Yeah, I was. Good night, everybody. I love you all. Blessings and light. That's a good story. That is always so good to hear from Cisco. You know, you look back at, at you know family situations like that, and sometimes you have those vivid memories, and you think nothing weird about it, and somebody's like, wait a second. That's an, and you have the memory, you know? Yeah. That's. I think that happens. To be so vivid to be brushing her hair. Yeah. When she's talking to you. Yeah. Very, uh, very interesting. Thank you for uh, for calling in, Cisco. We always, uh, always do appreciate that. Well, that does it for uh, today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. I want to remind you to please subscribe to the show and uh, subscribe to the PayPal button because if you do that, you will become an EPP. And uh, what that means is you get uh, you get a free bonus episode every single week that we produce. It only goes out to our EPPs. You can choose what level you want to support the show at, $5, uh, $10, $15. It's totally up to you. Um, and uh, for doing that, as a thank you, like I said, you get the bonus episode every week and all the other uh, goodies that we uh, are uh, producing for you uh, as a thank you. The regular show, still free. That's not going away. Uh, we just uh, want to say a big thank you and uh, show some extra love to those who want to help financially keep our show alive. So you can do that on our website, go to the, the Real Ghost Stories Online website and uh, click uh, Become an EPP, not EVP, EPP. Uh, that's an extra podcast person uh, on the website at Real Ghost Stories Online. So for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. <laughs>